Hello everyone and welcome back to episode 5 of Bourbon and Ballers. Today with me I have my lovely sister Evelyn Jordan. Say hi. Hi. Um, so let's start off with a whiskey. Today we're going to do people that want to get into bourbon but don't want to spend the money that some of these small batch whiskeys cost. So today this one's coming in at $27 a total wine. Just picked it up today. And it's single tree small batch bourbon so this one's from Minnesota and what's cool about this one so it comes from a limestone aquifer which limestone is one of the best ways to filter water it's better than any man-made water filter out there and it's all fed by snow melt and as someone that was born and raised in Colorado nothing beats snow melt water and I will stand by that till the day I die it's also all the grains they use for this are all locally sourced. So, and it's coming in at 89.5 proof. So, it's a little more than your regular, you know, Jack Daniels and strength. But it's not too high like a Booker's that was 127. So, here you go. And to prove this, you know, it's brand new. You can hear. You know, we're going to uncork it. Alright, let's get the pour. pour there. Cork has a great smell to it. So I'm excited for this one. Really nice legs. Very streaky. Love to see that from something I haven't tried before. Get a little swirl. So on the nose you're definitely getting a lot of vanilla and a lot of corn. Oh wow, that's really good. A lot of vanilla, a lot of corn. It's smooth. Definitely good for under $30. If you see this, I picked this up at my local Total Wine. But if you see this at your local liquor store, definitely pick it up for the money. That's a great whiskey. All right, Evelyn. So let's get into some hockey now. Are you okay talking about some hockey? I love talking about hockey. All right, so last week's episode we talked about the teams in the playoffs, how they're looking. We're going to do the opposite. We're going to talk about a team that's fortunately not in the playoffs. And so we're going to talk about what it, you know this team should look into for you know the offseason. Is there you know, trying to build a team that's going to make the playoffs and hopefully win a cup? And the team we picked, you know, as biased fans, both of us are diehard Flyers fans, I'd say. Is it fair to say you're a diehard fan? Yes, it is very fair to yes. say that. As you're wearing your custom-made Flyers shirt? Yes. All right. So we're going to start with goaltending and work our way up by position. So let's start with first and foremost if you were the Flyers front office coach, would you re-sign Brian Elliott? Um, well, I mean, it's a tough decision because they have to re-sign, I think, all of their goaltenders this year. So you have Hart, Elliott, and Lyon that need to be re-signed. So I think if you sign Hart, you have to make the decision about Lyon and Elliott and what you're looking for. Yeah, and the nice part is Elliott's 
definitely nice on the budget. He's very cap friendly, mm-hmm. but he's also older. So is it better to, you know, have a backup that's a little bit older or bring in one of these younger guys into rotation or try to get someone in free agency? I mean, if you want Hart to be the starter, you need someone that's older and willing to be, play the backup, what Elliot is. And, I mean, there's other free agent goaltender out there, like Rask is up. Yeah. So if we, let's say, you can get Rask for a cap-friendly price. Would you rather bring in Rask or Elliot on a one-year deal? I mean, I think personally, I would just stick with Elliot, but I'm not the Flyers. Okay. So, I mean, Elliot is a you know long-time Flyer, has the experience to help mentor Hart a bit, but you take and you take that over the talent increase that you'd get with Rask. Well, I think Rask is going to want too much money, and I don't think he'll yeah. be okay settling for playing second. All right, interesting, interesting. So let's take this on to the next part. Carter Hart's clearly the starter. Looks like he has the potential to be a franchise goaltender. But after, you know, the COVID break and everything, he didn't look like the same goaltender he was in the bubble. What do you think, you know, caused some of that, you know, decrease in performance? And what do you think the Flyers and those around him can do to help get him back into that performance he was showing us in the bubble? Because clearly he has the talent, but it's just trying to get it on a consistent basis. I think confidence is definitely a big part of it. But, I mean, his last game from this season against the Penguins, he played awesome. But I think part of the problem is it's not completely his fault. He doesn't have good defense helping him out, and we're making stupid choices. So you're part of the group that thinks it's way too early to jump ship on Carter Hart. Totally. I agree there, too. I think he's, you know, great young goaltender. I think he has a huge ceiling. And I think he just needs some better defenders in front of him for sure. Finding that confidence and finding, you know, how to play consistently. Because he has games where he looks, you know, like he's up there with, you know, the Carey Prices, the Marc-Andre Fleury's. But then he has games where he just looks panicked and can't buy a save. So I think you're right. Finding a defense that allows him to feel more comfortable in that and finding, you know, ways for himself to bring that consistency of that high-level performance we all know he's capable of. All right, anything else you'd like to add about goaltending? I know I'm looking forward to hopefully we'll bring him, you know, over across the Atlantic, Samuel Erson. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that name right. Played in Sweden last season, had phenomenal stats. So we can bring him in, hopefully get him on the Phantoms, get some reps out there. He could be a great option to, you know, be a tag team with Carter Hart once Elliott's gone. What are yeah. your thoughts? I mean, I agree with you, but I think, you know, Hart is so young, I don't think you need to go looking for a younger backup goalie right now. Yeah, that's why I'm saying, you know, let him play some time in the minors. Yeah. And then once Hart's, you know, the clear, confident, solid goaltender, he could be a good younger guy to bring up too and work with him. Yeah. Then we'd have a nice, you know, double-headed beast in the net that we could rotate in when they're, you know, injured and tired, need a break. All right, so let's transition on to the next position, and we're just going to work our way up. So we talked about goaltending. 
and the goaltender's best friend besides the pipes is the defense. Our defense was subpar to be nice. <laughs> All, you know, we're going to keep it PG, kid-friendly, so we're just going to leave it at subpar. I'm thinking we need to bring someone in, whether that's, you know, uh, really, I know there's a lot of, you know, really good free agents, people wanting to be traded. So uh, my preference, and I would love to have him on the team, Dougie Hamilton. What are your thoughts on Dougie Hamilton, or is there maybe some other free agents or people that want out that you think would be better, or other options if Dougie Hamilton isn't one for the Flyers? I mean, I think Dougie Hamilton is good. I don't think the Flyers are too interested in him because of how much he would want to be paid. I know that they are looking into him right now, but um, I think it's Seth Jones. Yeah, Seth Jones is another one. Yeah, he is the big hit right now for the Flyers. So they are trying very hard to get him, but they either need to wait a year to sign him or they're going to have to trade for him. And if they trade for him, there comes another decision of who do you trade for him. So back to this with the Dougie Hamilton scenario. For the Flyers, a team that's constantly on the cusp of the playoffs, you know, one, two rounds away from a Stanley Cup, is it time for them to maybe spend some money? Because... You know, someone like a Dougie Hamilton, that could be that push. And is it worth it to spend that money and make that commitment in hopes that that's going to pay off in a ring and a cup? Yeah. I mean, Dougie Hamilton, I think, is a good option. But you don't want to spend all your money on him. We don't need to pull a Lightning's move and be $8 million over the cap. 18. Oh, sorry, 18. Yeah. It's a joke that they're, you know, allowed even in the, you know, finals or as close as they have as over the pay they are. But, I mean, the difficult choice, though, is I think either options are good, but there's other people out there that could offer him more money. All right, so who do you think was the weakest link in our defense this past season? Um, That's probably going to have to be Myers- I don't think Hag did too bad, but I don't think he did phenomenal. Yeah, and it's hard because Myers has bigger expectations than Hag. Hag's expected to be the third, you know, fourth, or you know, third line defense at best, yeah. fourth D man on the you know death chart. So versus Myers, he's expected to be someone that you know is a top second liner, maybe a first liner if. He's on a good game. So yeah. I think that's right, Game Myers, you know, because he has the size to block shots, block passes. So if he can get, you know, that back. The other thing is, you know, Gossespierre. He was someone that I thought had a heck of a season. Looked like he was, you know, finally found his groove again. And then we sent him to waivers. We weren't all, you know, we were scratching him a lot. Why do you yeah. think that was that the Flyers front office, coaching staff, whatever it was, was it because he was calling out why the Flyers weren't having the success expected of them? Was it performance, do you think? What was the reasoning for the uh, hatred shown by the organization towards Shane Gostisbehere? Well, so they obviously have a problem with how much he's getting paid. 
And I think it's probably Chuck Fletcher did not do his deal. And so Chuck Fletcher disagrees with how much money he's getting paid. Which is fair. He's definitely a little overpaid, but he's playing well. Yeah. So is he worth getting rid of just because the price tag was a little too much? Or should we accept, okay, we're paying him a little too much, but he's playing well. So let's not get rid of one of the few consistent pieces of the defense. I mean, if he can play well for the rest of, you know, a couple more seasons and not have this where, oh, I'll have five good games and then, like, 20 bad games, I think he is a key piece in making the Flyers make it to the playoffs. All right, last aspect of the defense we're going to talk about. A rookie who played a few games for us at the end of the season once we were eliminated from playoff contention. And the uh, rookie I'm most excited to see next season in a Flyers uniform. Cam York, captain of the men's juniors team that won the gold medal last time. Looks to be a heck of a player, both by his college stats, his stats at the World Cup, and yeah, the few games we got to see him in the pros. You looking forward to Cam York? What do you think? I am. I was really impressed by his first game playing for the Flyers. I mean, he didn't score a goal or getting assists, but he looked pretty good, not nervous at all. His, I think, second or third game, he had a bad turnover or two, but it's his first couple of games in the NHL, and he was playing better than some of our defensemen at the time. Yeah, the thing that amazes me about Cam York, he's undersized. People don't think he'll make it in you know, each level, and he keeps proving them wrong. And the thing is, his IQ, like he just sees things that I don't think other people see. And that's what makes him different is he might not have the size, but he has the smarts. And he knows when to pressure the offensive zone, when to keep that puck in, when to, you know, take a shot, get the puck on net versus how to, you know, limit breakaways. And he plays smart defense. And that's what I think the Flyers need because they don't know when do we play just smart old school defense versus when do we want to, you know, pressure a little bit more, make those risky moves. Yeah, and I think it was very smart of the Flyers to have him starting off playing with Braun. So he had someone that had a good amount of experience because the Flyers defensemen, they're pretty young for players. Yeah, like people love to dog on Proby. Now we're getting off Cam York a bit, but he just needs a consistent line mate. I think that yeah. was his biggest issue and he was the only consistent D-man we had this season, and I feel like he was carrying the unit so much. That that's why the numbers in the film might not be true to his level of performance. Yeah, and I think Cam York could work with him, but you don't want Cam York playing with Provy on his first five games. Yeah, and if you have Provy on the first line and Cam York on the second line, yeah. two guys that know how to play good defense but can also – make those impressive offensive plays we've seen Provorov do. Yeah. That's two lines of defense that can shut people down and shut goaltenders down. Yeah, for sure. And that, again, helps at heart. All right. Offense. Sometimes we were great at offense. Sometimes we were not great at offense. What do you think was the biggest weakness in our offense this past season? Um, turnovers. Yep, we could not hold on to the puck. And I think that's a life. team general thing, not just offensive. We turn the puck over more than Melvin Gordon fumbles the ball. 
you traitor going to the Broncos. Um, <laughs> so I think, yeah, getting people that are, you know, holding on to the puck better. Mm-hmm. We had some younger guys that looked pretty promising. I think it's also, you know, the older guys stepped up when it was down a few goals, but you need people like Giroud to not score three goals once we're down 3-1. Start scoring one zero zero. Get a yeah. lead and let's play with a lead. Yeah, I, I definitely think you need that aggression, not yeah. like let's go out and just fight everyone, but there needs to be some aggression, especially when you're down 9-0. Yeah, I know we're the city of Rocky. We love an underdog. We love a comeback. But we need to stop playing that way. Totally. Let's not wait till we're down two, three goals and then kick in the Jets. Kick them out of the first puck drop, get a lead, and all of a sudden we're, you know, in the playoffs. We're not watching and playing golf. Yeah. So I agree there. So we're going to just talk about three players real quick that are have doubts about that I've heard from other Flyers fans and I just want your thoughts on where they fit into the offense what you would do differently if you were Chuck Fletcher so you're no longer Evelyn Jr. you're Chuck Fletcher approaching these players okay oh god I don't want to be him (laughs) I wouldn't either first is my boy Kevin Hayes I got your jersey I love you I hope you stay with the Flyers um but a lot of people have doubts. They don't think he's second-line material. And we're paying him like a second-liner, which he deserves every cent of that. So <laughs> what do you think? Do you think it was just – because Hayes couldn't seem like he could find a consistent wing pairing yeah. at all this season. And I get you got to move the lines around a bit. But they you also need to build chemistry. They were moving them way too much. I don't think they gave them enough time to get used to each other. So do you think Hayes is a overpaid bust that's just there to provide good mic'd up content? Or do you think it was more the fact that he didn't have wing pairings to get consistent enough and build that chemistry and learn how to work with his line mates? Because we have a vast variety of wing type players. So personally, I think Kevin Hayes had an off year. And I think most of the team did in general. Yeah, no one's arguing that he didn't have an off year. But so at the end of the season, we found out that he was actually injured and he's going to have to have a surgery in the off season. Yeah, that's relatable. So that could have something to do with it. I think definitely for sure that he needs to get some more time with some people. Like we know a couple people he's good with, Konechny, Farabee, Lawton. So, like, keep him with those kind of people. Don't put him with someone who's slower or not doing the same level shit he's doing. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. Um, just keep this moving along because I know we can drag this out and we'll talk about Flyers hockey until this is the same length as a Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> Voracek. Some people think he's too old. Others think he's getting results. I mean, I still like Voracek. I think he makes smart decisions. I think, yeah, there's definitely some games that he's not playing his best. But at the end of the day, I think he's someone I would want on my team. Yeah, and the Flyers for such a young offense. Mm-hmm. Having the caveman of Voracek that's a veteran in this league, has the experience, I think that helps them. Yeah. And so even though he might not be the guy getting it done all the time anymore, 
to have someone that's been there and can kind of guide these younger players as they're taking the baton from him, taking yeah. the torch. I mean, it's huge. The interesting thing about both Hayes and Voracek, Voracek is paid the most out of anyone on the team, I think, besides maybe Drew. But Kevin Hayes is one of the only people that has a no-move contract. It's only him and Drew. But I think his move contract ends at the end of this upcoming season. All right. Now, this one's going to be a little personal for Evelyn, so, you know, if she starts crying, don't judge her. Shut up. Nolan Patrick came back after a season off of dealing with migraines and some head issues. Started the season off very strong looking, looked like he hadn't missed the ice at all. And then after the COVID break, the team faced did not look the same player at all. Do you think, obviously it was hard, he didn't have a full off season. Is Nolan Patrick someone that's not going to come back from the injuries? I mean, I guess you would classify it as an injury, the migraines he was dealing with. And he just needs to be let go. Do you potentially leave him unprotected in the expansion draft? What do you do if you're Chuck Fletcher with Nolan Patrick? I know, you know, he's one of your favorite <laughs> players. So that's why you're Chuck Fletcher, you're not Evelyn Jordan for this scenario. I mean, there's a lot of options going around out there right now. So the biggest thing is Nolan Patrick firing his manager and getting, I think, his third new manager. Yeah, he needs some consistency there to keep everything in order for him. Yeah. And there's a lot of rumors going around that he's going to ask to be traded. And that's partly because he people are saying he does not like the Flyers and the criticism he's gotten and that he does not like the coaching. And so that's a big part of it too. I personally would not trade Nolan Patrick. I think he has a lot of potential and we've seen it come out in certain situations. I agree. If I was the Flyers, I would give him... One full off season to try to get back in hockey shape. Give him one more season, and then you can decide: do you want to deal him, cut him, etc. Now there is the possibility: do you leave him unprotected in the expansion draft and say, "All right, if he goes to the Kraken, that was his trade; he's dealt. If not, we'll bring him back and give him one more shot." Do you not leave him unprotected and potentially protect someone that did perform? I mean, I've seen a lot of, you know, it's going to come down to another good young player. That it could be Nolan Patrick or Lindblom or Lawton. And so of those three, who do you protect? Who do you not protect? I mean, I think if you don't protect Lawton, he's going to go. Because a lot right. of people want Lawton. All right, so you protect Lawton. So it's down to Limblom and Patrick. Which one of those two do you protect? And which one do you leave unprotected? Oh, this is tough. I think Chuck Fletcher would personally go with Limblom. I think so too. After all Limblom's done, there's no way you leave him unprotected. And that's the rough part of this business. Someone that's come back, beat cancer, and him and Patrick are on the same basis. Either one had an off season. Both had good points. Oscar, I think, had a few more good points this season to highlight. And if you're looking at them, I think therefore you got to give him the chance. 
I mean, it sucks. It's the business of it. And I hope Nolan Patrick's still a flyer. <laughs> I hope he can still wear that jersey with pride next yes. season. I hope you don't keep tagging him in all, every Instagram post. That's never been me. That's all my mom. Um, all right. Any other points you want to make about the offense? I mean, it's definitely going to be some interesting decisions because you have a couple players that are going up restricted or unrestricted free agents, and then, you know, players next year. But there definitely needs to be some improvements, and I think it's more in the third and fourth lines than the first or second. All right, you heard it there from Evelyn. Last point, and we're not going to talk about players this time. Coaching in the front office. I think AV had a great first season and a season of ups and downs his second season. Is AV on the cutting board this season, do you think? Um, no, partly because Chuck Fletcher has already said that he is not going to make any decisions this offseason about coaching. I'm talking about next season. So next season, okay. is, does he have to prove? I think, yeah, so, he does. So what do you think? We're going to make this simple. What's your favorite part about AV and your least favorite part about AV? I really like um, his, what's it called, determination to get things done, but I think sometimes he needs to just take a breather because I think he was switching lines way too fast. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, he definitely switches lines too fast. and I think that's part of the reason people think that his special teams are so bad. Yeah. Because there's no consistency, there's no chemistry. Yeah. I mean, I, I really agree. I think he didn't give players enough time to get used to each other yeah. even during practice and I mean this COVID year of hockey really sucked and I mean there went we went a month without a practice for it was games every other day and so we didn't have more than a day of practice yeah so I think you know obviously this was a rough year if you can start to build some consistency and some chemistry I think we're going to see a very different Flyers team next year yeah all right last part and then we're going to Take off. What are your predictions for next season? For just the Flyers or everyone? Just the Flyers. Um, I mean... And let's say, because we have no idea if they're going to go back to the old divisions or stick with these new ones, which I hope they don't stick with the new ones because the East is a rough battle every game. So let's just say they're sticking with the East, Central, West, and North. How do the Flyers finish in the East next year? I mean, they're definitely going to have to fight for it more than they did this year. I mean, I'm sure they'll still kick the Penguins' ass, you know? But Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> the Penguins are finishing last in the East next year. You heard it here first. <laughs> um, I mean, my hope is that they'll finish somewhere probably around fourth or third, or they're not going to make it again. Yeah, I think it depends on Ovi's contract, because that's a big one that's up. I don't think he'll sign with anyone except the Capitals, but there is the possibility with his strong ties to Russia, he decides to go play in the KHL. So I think if Ovi's back with the Caps, I think the Flyers are fighting for a spot mm -hmm. because the Islanders are, you know, the underdog and an underrated team every year. I think the Penguins are going to fall off because they're just not making moves to stay consistent. They're relying too much on their old talent. 
which Crosby is overrated anyway. <laughs> the Bruins are going to go through a goaltender rebuild now that Rask is probably going to be gone. And even though they have some younger talent, that's always hard to find a consistent younger talent, as we've seen with Hart. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really going to be the Caps, Bruins... Not sorry, not the Bruins, the Caps, Islanders, and the Flyers. That are the three teams. It could be the Rangers too. Yeah, and the Rangers. That that would be my four that I would pick for the playoffs. We'll see how it unfolds. Because yeah, the Rangers are going through big changes. All right. Well, that's all for us talking about the Flyers. It's been a pleasure as always. We'll talk next week. Uh, next week's gonna be a football episode. Boo. Evelyn's not a football fan, but OTAs are happening. So let's talk about what we're looking forward to next season, and we're going to talk some fantasy football. So thank you for tuning in. It's always appreciated. Single tree, small batch bourbon. If you see it on your shelf, don't hesitate. Pick yourself up a bottle. This was delicious. If I wasn't having to drive soon, I'd have at least half this bottle down by the next hour. All right, thank you.